This week, you're going to learn what it takes to be a champion. I've got the stripling warrior, Matt Jones, joining me. He's a professional MMA fighter out of Boise, Idaho, and he's making his way to the UFC. You're going to learn about the sacrifices that it takes to become a professional fighter. Through Matt's story, you're also going to learn what it took when he decided to go all in on his fighting career. Listen in and you'll see what Matt goes through on a day-to-day basis, as well as what he enjoys doing outside of fighting. It's an awesome discussion. You're going to learn Matt's story as you listen in today on the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time Boo! What's going on, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson. Today, we've got a, a new setup, new change of scenery. I'm at the studio for the Pro Edge Podcast. Uh, the producer of that is Tim Meyer. You guys might remember Tim from my show a couple of months back. He was the jack of all trades, Mr. Skateboarder, Mr. College Football Player, Mr. You know, Boxer, Every pretty much everything, which is uh, why we loved having him on the show. Uh, Tim has now started his podcast pro edge podcast which we spoke about on the show a couple months ago but hadn't yet he hadn't re- yet released any episodes tim i want you to give us a little bit of an update on how that's going and, and how things are uh things are going great by the way thanks for having me on your podcast dude yeah, that for was sure. a blast man was that was sick. a great first experience um you're a huge inspiration to me i think i already mentioned that that's on the last very one. kind of you. yeah well i think you're the one who got me into it. i was like dude shane's doing this he's killing it i think shane would be like a good guy to inspire me so i did it um but uh everything's good we just released our sixth episode um now we're on spotify so just search yes. pro edge podcast on spotify uh but we just had a guy recently he was a 30-year veteran he was an undercover narcotics cop came on talked about his time during the la riots 92 uh talked about doing drug deals with some sketchy people uh, his, you know, his views on drugs and society and the opiate uh, epidemic and, and stuff like that. Uh, other episodes include Jesse Brock, uh, head coach for SBG Idaho, right. who uh, is also connected to Matt Jones here. Yep. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. What's so, up? <laughs> uh, he gave a very powerful interview uh, about, um, you know, his, his point of view on uh, Boise State wrestling and, uh, you know, their... Uh, the the controversy surrounding Bob Kustra or Kustra, however you pronounce his name, right? Uh, and you know his uh, his whole shadiness behind it. So that was very powerful, right. very interesting. So everything's going good. We've got a great lineup, more people coming. Um, so stay tuned. Check out our YouTube. Uh, listen to the show. Watch the show. Give us five stars and give us some love. There we go. Yeah, we got the YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, buddy. iTunes. You just said Spotify. Like pretty much every Stitcher podcast addict. Every outlet you're on it. Yeah. <laughs> go check it out. We're so, on it. Like uh, Tim just mentioned, we got Matt Jones in the house today. Yo, yo, how's it going? It's good, man, and and I'm excited to have you. This is a pro edge athlete, uh, professional MMA fighter, but Matt. First off, you have a busy schedule. You called me last week. You told me what your schedule was like, so I truly appreciate you actually finding time to, to meet up with me. Um, can you? No, thank you. Um, can you kind of introduce who you are? Like, who is Matt Jones? Matt Jones is one of a kind. All right. Uh, so Love I'm a it. professional MMA fighter, uh, father, husband, pursuing the dream, getting into the UFC as soon as I can. Uh, I got a professional record right now, 7-2. and two. I'm the Boise, Idaho 
145 champion for Front Street Fights. And, yeah, I'm in a great place. Just got back from Denver, Colorado, training with Dwayne Ludwig, Ooh. making frequent trips out there. Um, things are looking promising, uh, making things happen for my own career. I like it, man. Um, you mentioned you were out in Denver. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about is your schedule right now. You're training really hard, and your ultimate goal would essentially be to get to the UFC yes. or to a major. UFC, bigger league, uh, make money. Like wh Whatever opportunity comes my way, I'm going to take it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a journey right now. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the right things that an athlete needs to be doing to be successful. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um, I know every door I can walk through is going to be a great one. Oh, so for sure. Pretty much in my hands to steer in which direction I want to go. I like it. Yeah. Explain to us how your schedule is. So you live here in Boise, right? Yes. Like that's your your, your home's here. Yeah. In the so, valley. So I was born in Provo, Utah. I okay. grew up here in Boise since. I was since born in Provo. Were you? Nice. Yeah. So I, I guess the story about me Sorry. being born in Provo but living here is like that. My mom and dad were passing through Provo, and then she had me in Provo, and then oh, no on the way back to Boise. <laughs> yeah. So, but so I, I'm a Boise native. Um, grew up here. Went to Whitney Elementary before they tore it down and oh, rebuilt no. it. Went to South Junior High before they tore it down and rebuilt it. So I went to all the old school buildings here. Um, yeah, um, I kind of lost my train of thought. No, you're right good, now. man. So <laughs> you, so you're training out in Denver, though. So your home's here in Boise. Yes, and yes. What's your schedule like each week, like or each month, I should say? I didn't know this about you until you told me a couple weeks ago. So how yeah. is this? So man, uh, because of the way my uh, living situation is with my wife uh, she has a really good job here in town so we can't just up and move to Denver but I need to be able to go out to Denver to train to further my career I have great training here in Boise with my team at Combat Fitness SBG I'm just looking for that next step to get into the bigger league and that's about making connections training with UFC fighters knowing the right uh, coaches um, people People that have uh, walked that same path, you become what you hang around. So I'm just putting right. myself out there. So uh, I, I start renting a room from from uh, Dwayne Ludwig out there. Um, first two weeks of every month, I go out there and stay. And then the last two weeks of the month, I come back to home. Uh, I'm hanging out with my family. I'm training with my home team. Um, but I'm, I'm constantly going back and forth between two weeks, um, trying to make things happen. So <laughs> trying, going to make things happen. Exactly, I like that. Fixing my speech on that <laughs> i like it i like it um so it's basically a sacrifice for not only yourself though but for your family right so like, oh, yeah. you're away from your your family your wife and your your, your children essentially your, your daughter like you mentioned so it's going back and forth back and forth but essentially the ultimate goal is to get to the bigger leagues so of whether it be bellator ufc whatever it may be right right yeah absolutely it's a grind so it, it, this is what i kind of want to show the listeners so my podcast is a sports podcast to give a panoramic view on sports to educate them on all sports and whether it be mma whether it be basketball football whatever the traditional sports are there's sacrifice that goes into it but you have to put in hard work there's a lot of dedication that has to go into it a lot of preparation um everything to essentially get to your ultimate goal and it's cool to see someone like yourself who's from the treasure valley area and you're going 100 all in like we were just talking about this before the show started you decided you wanted to go all in yeah and, man, and speaking of going all in yeah you guys remember that movie creed Yes, sir. It came yeah. out. Oh, so, great movie. Oh, man. That movie was unexpectedly good. You know, yeah. the fight fight scenes and some of that was kind of wonky, you know, especially being a fighter. You're like, what? But the story was <laughs> awesome. So, like, at the time when that movie came out, I was working at for a company called Ace Co. I was an apprentice machinist. Okay. Uh, so, I was working at a machine shop, uh, working on becoming a machinist. 
uh, it was demanding a lot of hours for me during the day, and I was still training. It was right, right at the start of my pro career okay. is when I got that job. So I worked that job for two years, for the first two years of my pro career, and I was working full-time, training, taking fights, you know. Uh, I got to a record of like four and one doing that. So it's, it's not bad, but it started to tax on me. You right. know? I was like, one of these has to go. I either got to give up fighting, go all in for machining, or I need to give up machining and just go all in for fighting. And that movie Creed that I just mentioned, man, I remember going to the theater and watching that. And it was like one of my first trips out to Denver. I took like a week long trip just to go out there to see how it would be for right. the very first time. That movie came out. And uh, I just remember that scene in that movie when he's like, going to his boss and he's just like i'm quitting you know i'm going all in for fighting you know uh obviously the scene played out a lot smoother than how i just explained <laughs> it but it was just i knew i had to do that but just seeing it on screen even though it's fictional just seeing someone do that and just being in that setting sitting in front of the desk with your boss and just moving on i was just like i i absolutely need to do this right you know and shortly after that <laughs> I, had, I had the greatest boss in the world his name's ben kelly Still works at Ace Co. To this day, I, I haven't had a boss as good as him. But uh, I told him uh, one day, you know, I showed up for work. Didn't give a two weeks notice. I was just like, hey, man, I'm done. And he's just like, you're done? And he was like, I was like, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm quitting. And I was like, I'm going all in for fighting. And I just started gathering up my stuff. And he's like, hey, it doesn't work like that. He's like, come <laughs> sit at my desk. So, you know, I was sitting there. And, uh, you know, he gets out some paperwork I fill out. And just like the last line before I sign it, you know, he's sitting across the desk from me. He, he puts the paper in front of me. And he's just like, okay. He's like, before you sign that, he's like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, he's like, are you sure? And I'm just like, I thought about it. And I was just like, yeah, I'm sure. And he's like, okay. He's like, he's like, as your boss, he's like, fuck you. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we gave you every opportunity. He's like, we, you know, you, you got the chance to be an apprentice machinist. You working with these older guys. You got to skip past school to do this. He's like, but as your friend, He's like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for following your dream. You know, so I. That's just, so sick. Yeah, man. He's yeah. the realest person you can imagine, man. And like, I just went and said, what's up to him just a couple of weeks ago. I haven't seen him for a few months. And like, uh, you know, it's, it's good meeting people like that in your life. You know, they can see both sides. Like, you know, they can see like yeah. you got two choices before you that are both great choices. If I would have chose to be an apprentice machinist and just been the working man, totally could have done that. Would have been honorable. You know, I would be providing a lot of money for my family, even though my time would not be there. Right. Um, you know, pursuing the fight dream like up front, you're broke. You know, you're going all in. You're you're spending money to make money potentially. Uh, and as far as time around the family, I'm, I'm there a little more. But training does demand a lot more, especially like me taking trips out to Denver. Right. But the idea, though, is I'm fully committed. So the the payout's going to be great. You know, can you imagine uh, like going for like a doctor degree and then just going to school two times a week? It doesn't work that way. You got to right. go all in if you're going to go that far into it. Right. Right. You know, and that's it's, it's just the way it is, man. Like this isn't like my gospel or anything like that it's like that's what you need to do to be successful in anything you need For to sure. go all in don't just kind of oh, i'm just floating around unless unless that's your style you don't want to be the greatest at something all right then it doesn't matter right <laughs> no but, i like that and, and how long has it been since you actually moved out of denver like so, or started started training in denver yeah so last year i went out there a good six months out of the year for two weeks at a time here and there uh it wasn't as frequent as i wanted it to be okay uh, i was staying with my buddy josh wick who by the way is fighting for the 
the title this weekend on Fresh Week, 155. Okay. And uh, I'm cornering him for that. He drove down here with me. And uh, just just got to say this right now. I'm calling it. Uh, Josh is going to win second round knockout. So hopefully the next time we're on a show, we'll be talking about Heck that. Heck yeah, dude. It's this Mark Friday. it down. Yeah. Have um, him on your show, dude. Okay, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna be in town for two weeks, so right after the fight, let's get him on. All right. Yeah, I'm calling it, and it's on. It's recorded, right? Yes. <laughs> all right. Is it recorded, Tim? Yes, yeah, I hope right so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all recorded. Yeah, man. Um, so I was staying with Josh at the time, and uh, it, it was a little harder to go there because, like, I'm staying in his basement. You know, the toilet doesn't work all oh. the time. It's, it's just I didn't have access to it kitchen the way i wanted to uh you know it was a free place to stay though so it was good to like fill it out so i'd yeah. go there i'd pull up a cot and just kind of hang out down there uh, it was in the <laughs> it was in like the ghetto man it was like hearing <laughs> gunshots i remember one time i drove there through a blizzard and then uh there was cops everywhere surrounding his house and i was just like man what happened and i guess it was the house next door oh no and so I, I go into josh's house he's like oh yeah by the way there was a shooting and he's like so just put your car out back and watch out for the cops and come no big deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I was just like, great. You know, I was like, I'll, I'll be sure not to tell this to my wife. Right. You know? <laughs> Those are the secrets you got to keep for a minute. <laughs> yeah. But, but this last trip, man, I, st- I rented a room from Dwayne Ludwig and it's perfect, man. It has everything I need. You know, I got my own room, my own space. I got access to a kitchen. It's right down the street from a gym. You know, the freaking toilet works. Yes. It's great, man. The essentials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So would you say it's worth it that, you, you know, now that you look back on it, went through a few little rough patches with the the first time like having to rent out the room over there with your buddy but as far as like what you've learned since you started training out in denver when you went all in yeah has it been worth it so far absolutely man like ever since i started going out to denver i'm three and oh so like i said my record right now is seven and two ever since i started training out there i'm three and oh for my last three fights so it's great man and like i had that knockout with the spin elbow two fights ago and you know i I contribute a lot of that to the striking that i've been doing out there uh this last guy i fought i was able to keep the fight standing pretty much all five rounds and anytime it did hit the ground you know contributing this to combat fitness sbg with their jujitsu and wrestling like I was able to just immediately get back up. This last guy I fought, he was like third degree black belt in jujitsu. Wasn't he the Brazilian? Yeah, he's a Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, and, you know, and that guy hit hard, man. Like my face to this day is still kind of numb, bro. Every time I <laughs> every time I floss my front teeth, I'm like, ah, it's still kind of numb. <laughs> it's not a good thing. Dang. But, uh, you know, it's, it's whatever, you know. <laughs> things happen in life it's part of the job yeah right. i could have gotten a car accident and smashed my face in the same way so you know True. i remember when my grandma she was like you sure you want to go all in for fighting and i was like absolutely and she's just like well what if you get hurt you know and i was just like you can get hurt doing anything like, yeah my mom was changing a light bulb standing on a ladder it shocked her her leg got caught in the ladder she fell down broke her knee and her uh leg in two places just just changing a light bulb. light bulb yeah and she's right. never fought in her life and, yeah, and i'm not saying i'm invincible i haven't ever had a, a major injury or any broken bones or anything like that yeah knock on wood but you know i, I feel like it's because i'm truly blessed you know i live an honorable life god's watching out for me you know I, I like to feel that way when i'm walking around in the world yeah you know whether you believe or not i'd rather feel that way than thinking he's not there no, I, I i got you so um just um get hurt doing anything and like my same grandma who told me that she was driving kids on a school bus and i guess she was walking up the steps to get into her driver's seat right and a kid like runs up behind her falls on her leg and she breaks her knee so it's like you were doing the safest thing you could imagine well i guess not safest because you're driving a bus full of kids crazy things can happen 
But, you know, you broke your leg right. or you broke your knee driving kids on a school bus. My mom broke her leg, you know, two places, changing a light bulb. You know, I've had uh, 10 amateur fights, nine pro fights, and I haven't had any serious injuries. So it's like it just looks scary from yeah. the side perspective, you know. Um, and I'm not saying you can't get hurt. People get hurt in fighting. Man. For people, sure. Some people die fighting, right? Literally. Um, it's always a risk, man. It's a risk every time you walk out your door. No. If you're, if you're going to let – the fact that something is risk risky or the like this might happen stop you from doing it is like you might as well not do anything in life right right <laughs> you know like oh i don't know why you'd want to go to college like you have to drive to school you might get in a car accident oh you're right i should just stay home and, i wish and i would use that excuse <laughs> you know my but years it, in college. to me that's yeah. how ridiculous <laughs> it sounds when people say that about fighting no, it, for it's, sure it's just as ridiculous you know and yeah man it's just live you know uh like Dwayne was just telling me he's just like uh we, i was asking him about a technique and i was just like hey man someone told me you know when you when you strike the liver here you don't want to shake to the left because you p- could potentially get countered there and he's just like why you look at it like that he's like why don't you look at it as like i hit that guy so hard in the liver and it's just like he, he that's that's all that happened right you know? Th- that's the follow-up you know and i was just like he's like it's all about making your own openings making your own possibilities you know because like basically bottom line there's a counter to everything right you know and um it's just being smart on your movement so it, it was kind of a gray area but that just kind of like he turned it into like a moral like i like it make it happen you know change the mindset a little yeah, bit change your mindset you know stop saying try say i'm going to do this you know? yeah like I was just reading in this book, this psych, uh, sports psychology book is like, do first, then say it. Don't say it, then do it. Just just go do it. Then you can talk all about it. I like you it. Know, there's no reason to tell people, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Go do it. And afterwards, we'll talk about it, you know. So I I thought that was good. You know? I like it. Yeah. I like it. And Matt, you're, what's your uh, nickname, your fighting nickname? So I was going by the Stripling Warrior and um, – uh, so I'm, I'm part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and the Stripling Warrior is, well, there's 2,000 of them in the Book of Mormon, and I took I, I took that story to heart when I yeah. first read it. A lot of it was, you know, the origins of that story, like they were raised by their mother. I was raised by a single mother. You know, the mother, their mother was teaching them the gospel of Christ at the time. My mom was teaching me the gospel of Christ at the right. time. Yeah, and I always felt deep down that martial arts and like God were one with me. And a lot of that goes to my first martial arts instructor. His name was Keith Good. He was also a member of the same church. Okay. Uh, he at the time, you know, we couldn't afford uh, traditional karate lessons, uh, but we found out this guy was teaching, you know, Kenpo Karate, the American Kenpo system, the uh, Ed Parker system. Yeah, and I actually, he, I actually trained in kempo for a long time when i was younger anyways go ahead nice. go for it. <laughs> so yeah he, he was teaching out of the back of his house and i had some uh good friends growing up uh the perez's and he was already teaching them and i was so close with the perez family i was basically an, another kid of theirs and they you know they told me about him and uh he started teaching me and like i i got so absorbed into martial arts at that moment in my life that I just knew that this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. Uh, even though it wasn't MMA at the time, it was, it was a way for me to get my foot in the door. Like I, you have to experience something for the first time in some way. Yeah. But as he would teach me martial arts, he would always teach me morals that the, with the church. So, you know, like principles on how to live the gospel correctly, but he would mix it with martial arts. And, you know, and at this time in my life, I'm really young and it's kind of like 
I'm being taught both at the same time. So it's it's hard to separate those two in my mind. And honestly, I feel like if I keep them together, I'm I'm better in both worlds. For yeah. It. So it's like why 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 mess up a bad thing? You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So that's that's the story behind the nickname on that. I like it. So, and well last part of the story uh my my instructor he actually passed away february 9th 2014 uh, uh and i just got a notification about that on facebook saying you have memories to look back on i was like what could possibly have happened this day and i was like oh yeah my, my martial arts instructor passed away i was like thanks facebook <laughs> right but uh he he always had the dream of opening his own school like i said he was teaching out of the back of his house and uh he wanted to open his own school and call it the stripling warriors academy of martial arts and I was, I was always like, man, that's awesome. I love, that's I love it, you know? And, uh, cool. you know, he passed away, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just carry that that name with me in my fight career, the Stripling Warrior. You I know? like it. Uh, everyone always has, like, you know, like catchy fight names, which is dope, you know? Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, pick something that stands out. Um, plus, that one has a lot of meaning to me. And then it creates conversations like this. Yeah. Like, hey, what is that name? Like, tell, tell me more. And then I could tell you a little story about it. So. I think it's sick, and like uh, I happen to be a member of the same church, right? So nice. I, uh, when I heard that, I was like, well, I know a lot of my listeners happen to be as well because they're my friends and such, but I'm like, you know, we got a couple people here in Idaho probably understand that reference, but it's really cool to hear the background of it too. It's not, it, there's a lot deeper meaning to it, like a big, you know, bigger meaning to it. So Yeah, man, it's my life, legit. and I, I've chose to use my life fighting. So the deeper meaning is this is my life, <laughs> you know, and this is the mark I'm leaving. And that is quite literally like my favorite story in any scripture is the stripling warrior. Yeah. So I think it's so sick. And yeah. like, that's one of the things that actually caught my attention when I started following you. Um, just, well, I think it was like two or three years ago. It's when I first started following you here locally. I saw one of your fights. Um, it was the one before your, your back elbow, whatever the spinning back elbow, whatever, um, spinning elbow, whatever you want to call it. But yeah, it was before that one. And I was like, stripling warrior. It's like, dude, all right, I know this guy. So I just, just kind of like started rooting for you myself. I thought it was, it was rad. So yeah. um, when you turned pro, so you mentioned you had, okay, so 10 amateurs, nine professional fights. Yes. So 19 total fights. Okay. How long have you been fighting for then? So I'm 26. Okay. I started my first amateur fight when I was 19. Okay. And um, just been fighting since then. Okay. So whatever the math is on that. <laughs> so 19 19 fights in seven years <laughs> i guess okay crazy man okay so let's it's let's talk about a lot of fights but it doesn't even feel like i have had that many it's so crazy i remember when i first started when uh, people would tell me like yeah i've had 12 fights or yeah i've had five fights or i've had 10 fights i'm like man that's insane how can, how can you have so many fights i'm at 19 right now and it doesn't even feel like it so that's yeah, nuts yeah a fight is literally a moment you know um, yeah the longest a fight can last is five rounds, five five-minute rounds, and I've done that twice. So it's like you're not you're spending more time training than you are fighting. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. That's nuts, though. Okay, so in this is what one of my buddies was asking me, and I kind of wanted to educate the listeners on this as well. Yeah. The difference between amateurs and, and professionals. So uh, from my boxing experience, it's actually pretty similar from what I understand to the MMA the MMA realm. Um, but when you go like what's the difference between amateur fighting and professional fighting in mma minus you know take away the you know obviously there's pay that's yeah. involved with professional fighting but what's like another difference that comes with amateurs and professional fighting man i'd say basically the biggest difference is amateurs a way for you to get your feet wet and make mistakes and then once you get in your groove you can start over start fresh with a clean o and o record as a pro 
you know? Okay. So it's kind of like a restricted realm of MMA. So instead of five minute rounds, they have three minute rounds. You know, uh, you're allowed to knee and elbow to the face in professional. Okay. You're not allowed to knee and elbow to the face okay. in amateur. So a little bit lower risk, you know? I mean, a kick to the head still a kick to the head. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of weird there. Um, you know, I know some leagues that make you wear shin pads and headgear. It just depends on the state and, and the commission and all that. But from an from an athletic standpoint, like from the mind, uh, sorry, <laughs> from the perspective of an athlete, I would say amateur is just used as practice. Okay, an amateur career is practice. Like if I told you my AMI record, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, that's horrible." You know, do I need to say I was five and five as an amateur? That's not a good record, not a good record at all. There's that one point in my amateur career that I was on a three fight losing streak. Okay. I remember this. I remember I lost a fight, and I was like, oh, man, this doesn't feel good. Right. Went and fought again, lost, and I was like, man, this doesn't feel good at all. I just right. lost two in a row. Like, this is – should I be doing this? You know, all those questions go through your head. You start doubting yourself. Um, whatever, you know. So I pulled myself out of that rut and went and took another fight, and I lost again. And I was just like, I can't believe this. I was like, I just put more into it, and I still lost. So, you know, I made some adjustments in my training. I went to the correct gym. That's actually when I first went to combat fitness, started training there. And uh, I did that. And um, I remember I took, so my fourth amateur fight, you know, I'm on a, not my fourth fight, but fourth into the losing streak. Right, into the losing streak. Okay, and I trained with combat for like a good six months, took another amateur fight. And uh, in that fight, man, that was like, the most intense fight of my amateur career so i go out there i'm fighting this guy his name's like bryce power you know he's he's more muscular than me he's more of a grappler than me i was still getting used to grappling at the time like i uh -huh. wasn't good at wrestling i never wrestled growing up wasn't good at jujitsu i just knew i could strike <laughs> and i knew i wanted to do mma right so i went to combat started learning some jujitsu started learning a little bit of wrestling uh you know enough to allow my striking to fly a little more but i go into that fight man and i get I get beat up for two rounds straight. You know, I'm getting picked up and slammed. You know, I'm trying to set up a triangle. You know, he picks me up, slams me again. I just remember all I see is when he picks me up, I see the lights of the stadium. And then it felt like I was going on a roller coaster ride. Oh, geez. I was just like, oh, here it goes. My stomach like drops and then I hit the mat. And, you know, I was getting beat up for two rounds. And I just remember, you know, in between the second and third round, before I went out for the third round, you know, Jesse and Tomets, you know, just telling me all the things I need to do. And uh, I just remember Tomats was just like, if you don't finish this fight, you're going to lose. Right. You know, and Jesse was saying the same thing. And I was just like, man, you know, and I, I just remember I was standing in the corner. I was just like, am I going to allow a fourth loss? Am I right. going to allow this to happen? Dog's pulling the cord. Which cord? Uh, my uh, headphones. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you We're recording live. We got a dog underneath the table. This yeah, is great. Love it's it. our mascot yeah, here. No yeah, dude. So, uh, third round you know i was just like am i am i gonna allow a fourth loss you know and i just remember have you guys have you guys ever watched dragon ball z <laughs> yes, yes i mean yeah bit. i've watched it i haven't really paid attention to it Dude, but i yeah, felt like I've i turned it. super saiyan in the third round bro <laughs> like all the fear of fighting left me in the third round and like all the, like the, that was the moment yeah dude all the worries of I like it, man dude. if i get hurt what if this happens right like i literally just like turned into a just straight fighter i went out in the third round dude and i just immediately threw a spinning back kick connects 
you know, uh, he, he kind of backs off, you know, Jesse and Tomats are yelling at me to like throw a jab, throw a straight jab. And I just, I throw another spinning back kick connects. And, you know, that's number two, you know, I'm moving around. I throw another spinning back kick. That's third strike, you know, hits him. I throw another one, fourth hits him. And then I throw a fifth one, hits him and it knocks him down. And like, I just remember it, it knocks him down and uh, I jump on his back. And like I ended up in like inverted triangle. At the time, I didn't even know the term. <laughs> I just knew I had him, you know. And uh, I was right in my corner's face. And uh, you know, it was like you hear the clap for like the last ten seconds of the round. So basically, I got to finish this guy to win. It's the last ten seconds. <laughs> and Tomat is like, "You have an Americana right there." He's like, "Go for it." And I was just like, I stop everything. I look at him. I was like, "I don't know what that is. You have to explain it to me." <laughs> and he's just like, "Take your left hand, grab his wrist." take your right hand grab his elbow pull it up now twist his arm and i just like right then boom and, and like his arm pops and, and like he taps right then and there it's like the last few seconds of the third round and i win uh via submission it was like man inverted triangle americana was the, the submission and i just remember i was just like holy crap you know and like so much is like that's how you listen to your coaches and i was just like it's freaking awesome you know and um so it's like i was literally got beat up for two rounds and then just turned super saiyan finished that fight <laughs> you know I, I took another fight with them so after that three fight losing streak i went on a three fight winning streak okay you know because I, I made the adjustments to my training camp you know and it allowed my skills to grow but uh you know second fight i did with them i finished the guy in like a minute 20 seconds ground, ground and pound and then uh the third fight this was the, the toughest fight so i'd say the fight where I finished in the last few seconds, that was like the toughest to that moment. Right. Because of where I was at mentally. You know, like I lost three in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last amateur fight was the toughest challenge when I was on a high. Like I felt really good about myself. But then this kid also felt really good about himself and he brought a fight. He was there to fight. Right. So uh, um, that third fight, I remember fighting him and it was just a dog fight, man. We, you know, we, we were both connecting strikes on each other. Uh, I was getting my takedowns. I was controlling him on the ground. Uh, he was making me work extremely hard to do so. Uh, I just remember it was like third round. I get double hooks in. I flatten him out on his belly, and I just start throwing strikes to his jaw, and then the ref calls it. And then that was um, third fight with them. So I'm on a three-fight winning streak now. My record's five and five. And I remember Tomets talks to me in the locker room after that, and he's like, it's time to go pro. He's like, pro is just like the amateurs. It's just longer rounds. He's like, you already spar for five minutes. You know, because I, I had a lot of concerns. Like right. at that time – pro fighters looked to me the way the ufc looks to me right now right you i got gotcha. you I mean? so just pro fighters on my level seemed like such a far step for me when all reality it wasn't i was yeah. literally just one step away from it yeah. literally I, I just had to put one foot forward and i would have been right there in that same realm and i feel the same way about the ufc right now okay but uh and then that's when that's when i went pro you know i uh, lost my first pro fight and then i won like four in a row i was four and one and then I lost uh, my sixth pro fight, and then I'm on a three fight win streak. I'm All right, seven and two right now. So I've Man. only lost two. Yeah. So your experience in the amateurs really was like a, a good learning experience. You had a couple losses. You had the the roller coaster essentially is Absolutely. like ups and downs, yeah. and then you kind of had an, a, a good transition into the pros. Man, that's crazy. Now explain to us how it works. You want to get to the UFC or, or a big league? Um, 
in, in mixed martial arts. Is there anything they look at as far as like to get you on a contract for the UFC? How does it work to actually get to one of those to sign a contract? You got to be pretty. Got to be pretty. Okay. Got to be pretty. With You're the pretty, way you, dude. Yeah. You You're gotta, pretty. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you so. really are. You're pretty, dude. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, so you got to look good and you got to look good fighting. You got to you got to draw a crowd, man. Uh, basically, they only want you if people want to watch you fight. Right. So all the fans out there, anyone listening to this, if if you know a fighter, you should always go support them. You know, because every every fan counts. You know, that's that's why I said I want to I, I want to be a hometown champion so I can take my hometown hometown with me when I go to the bigger leagues. I need a following. You know, I absolutely understand this. Um, skill has everything to do with it, right? So yeah. if, like if you're not winning fights, if if you're not an exciting fighter, you know they're not going to want you. But then you know if you're just going to like win fights by laying on people and holding them down, lay and pray is what we call it, right? You know, you get those big strong wrestlers that come out and try. MMA and they just try to pin the guy and just hold him muscle yeah. their way through. No one wants to see that. No. Nobody. <laughs> if if people wanted to see that, they would go to a wrestling match, you know? Wrestling's great. I love the sport, but it's it has its place in MMA. Um when you do it correctly. Right. You know, like no. someone like Khabib. Yeah, I totally get you. Someone like Khabib, you know, when he takes you to the ground, it's active and it's it's exciting the whole time. You don't have to understand uh jujitsu and wrestling to know that could be when he's beating someone on the ground, literally beating them up on the ground, that it's exciting to watch. But then you get the guys that are, you know, they get tired. They just hold them there. It's, you know, that's how I lost my first pro fight. You know, the guy, like I was, I was out maneuvering him. I was out striking him and he just gets a hold of me. He's a better wrestler than me at the time. And he's holding me down. And, uh, it's just a boring, boring fight. And it's a boring way to win. And I just remember walking away from that fight being like, man, I didn't, I don't feel like I lost. Yeah, I just feel, feel like, like the guy just it. held me in place, you know? It's like so, the guy on Street Fighter who does the kick button the whole time. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah. no one wants to see that. Dude. You know? Gosh, yeah, dang. no one wants to see that, man. You still win, but dude, right. it's like, yeah. quit doing that. Yeah, they hold down and just <laughs> yeah. do the little kick. Hit yeah, the same button exactly the whole time, dude. About. You can't defend it. <laughs> Every time. Oh, man. Sorry, flashback. No, I like it. It's, it's memory true. lane over here. <laughs> but yeah, man, um... I walked away from that fight just being like, I can't believe I lost this way. So, you know, obviously I've been working on my wrestling. Um, you know, I started training with the suplex system uh, with Ivan Avanov, the guy who invented the Bulgarian bag. Okay. Suplex fit ball, which is amazing fitness equipment, by the way. Um, started training out there, you know, training with Team Elevation, uh, doing wrestling at combat, more jujitsu at combat. You know, it's just, just, it took time, man. It takes yeah. time to learn anything. I'm getting far better at it. Yeah. I feel super confident right now. You know, Good. I, I feel really confident in my striking and takedown defense to keep my striking going. Um, yeah, man, it's just, you, you can take your experiences and learn from them or, you know, you can let your experiences defeat you. And I chose, you know, to learn from them. Yeah, you know? I like it, man. I don't want to interject here, but karate, are you, st- I, I love your style. Yeah, I love man. watching your style. Thanks. So, man. like, karate-wise, are you still, like, training hard in karate? Yeah, so I'm not, like, putting on the gi and wearing a belt and doing traditional karate classes like I was when I first started. Right. Mainly, guess because Ricky Stills in the Ultimate Fighter right now, and he's he's my karate instructor. Yeah. Uh, he's pretty much the only person I will put on a gi with and actually do karate with, uh, unless I meet someone else that's as cool as Ricky, you know. But, um uh as far as striking goes i'm just doing the bang muay thai system nice so they still like belt you they belt you with t-shirts over there so it's like white yellow orange blue purple brown black 
gotcha and, uh, yeah so it's it's very traditional like we bow in you know he has techniques written down he has a name for everything you know we we drill 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 um but it's it's all dictated towards fighting in the cage yeah you know karate has its place in the cage you know just like wrestling has its place but you have to know how to use it effectively right mm-hmm. in an mma setting same thing with karate so you know that's when i do did do my karate training I'm taking pieces of it. You know, I'm not trying to master every single kata. I'm not trying to, you know, just what's applicable. Yeah, yeah, just what's applicable to me in a, that I can use that very weekend for sparring or something. You know, so like the side kick, spinning back kick, spinning hook kick. You know, uh, I like I like that wider stance, um, the movement that they do in karate. You know, that that quick in and out. I absolutely love it. Just so, have it in your toolbox. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, being able to throw the karate roundhouse kick, it's a lot faster than the Muay Thai kick. So I use that as your jab, you know? Is that is karate something a lot of, like, mixed martial artists apply in their... Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Like, fights. You know. So is it something to be expected? Like, is it something that's not that crazy? Or, or do yeah. most people not expect it? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, honestly, anyone who's serious about martial arts trains some form of, like, karate-style kicks, you know? Like like I said, like the spin and back kick, you know? Right. Uh, the side kick to the leg, you know, the the instep to the leg like the john jones kicks is what everyone calls them because right. everyone's ignorant <laughs> they don't know that those kicks been around for hundreds of years right <laughs> um but yeah like you can add that so like let's just say you get a phenomenal boxer really good with his hands really good with his head movement really good with his footwork and you just teach him a simple side kick to the thigh and that's the only thing you show him but he has that mastered so now he can control you and your movement by when at will he can throw a side kick to your thigh and like buckle you interrupt your movement and he's got dangerous hands yeah so it's all about just picking a weapon that you like that you feel like you can use and putting it into the cage you know you don't have to master the whole style that you're learning from. yeah pick one move master it pick one move and master it and then pick another one and start to build yourself you know so flashing back to your kempo days as you're speaking about that so i'm glad you asked that question tim because now it's got me thinking about some other stuff um did you have a favorite move in Kempo Karate? Because this is one of the very first things I ever learned. It was called alternating maces. And it was like one of the very first things. Very first things. I, do, very do you remember any of the moves from back in the day I by know the chance? star block system. The star block system. <laughs> Can you explain that? Like why you like it or why you liked it? I, <laughs> I just remember it. <laughs> you right just now. remember it. Okay. You know, so <laughs> for anyone listening, uh, for every belt rank in Kenpo Karate, there's a set of techniques you have to learn i think the first one is there's like 10 techniques and then one kata you have to learn and then you also have to do the star block system which is just you take a basic horse stance and it allows you to go through all the blocks in a structured manner so you can get used to moving your body in that way so we're talking super super beginner like either you're a fat couch potato and you just roll off the couch wanting to learn or you're a young kid you want to learn or you know you're an older gentleman and you never thought about it and you know, oh, i want to go try this it's <laughs> like that level of intensity it's super simple so you know you got the high block that goes first then you do like inward block outward block downward block you re-chamber and then you do like a push down um uh, obviously i'd have to show you yeah no i got but you. I, I remember it and i remember you do it with your right arm you do it with your left arm then you do it with both arms <laughs> and you know what's crazy is like it actually makes your arms feel really good so yeah. if you were like trying to loosen up your arms 
Man, I might just do this to warm up, just to get people to be like, what's he doing? Warming up with that Starblock system. Man. That's so know. funny that you're breaking that up. It's rad. <laughs> you see Conor McGregor do all that weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, he does this weird stuff. He does weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you know yeah. where he got that, man? Uh, Rickson Gracie did that long before oh, really? he did. Yeah, man. There's a video of him doing it on the beach wearing sunglasses, man. Like, that, like it's every martial art, yeah, like what he did is he saw something and he added it to right. his regimen, even if it was a part of a warm up regimen, you know. And everyone's making fun of him, laughing it, dude. I thought it was cool, yeah. I was like, I'm jealous that I didn't think of that first, you know. Yeah. But it's like he, he didn't like just come up with that out of thin air, you know. You, you're, you're, um, you're an entertainer, yeah, being in the fight business that that went around the internet, like, like. Yeah, dude. Wildfire. It was there yeah, fast. Every, everyone seen that, you know? So it's <laughs> like, it was genius, man. And get people talking, even if they're talking crap. They're talking about you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? And yeah. that's making you money. Yeah, exactly, yeah. man. Like, A lot of money for him. Lots of money. Crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. All right, so let's let's uh, get to know you a little bit better, Matt, on outside of fighting. Yeah. You mentioned you liked gaming. Heck yeah. Let's talk about gaming for a second. What's some yeah. of your favorite games to play? Ah, so RPGs, man. <clears throat> so yes. my gaming career started with the Nintendo 64, Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, and Super Smash Bros. And, of course, <laughs> all that lineup. So, like, I got to play Star Fox growing up. You know, I got to play um, Kirby uh, growing up. And then I eventually graduated to the GameCube, all the evolutions of all those games I just mentioned. I started to play. And then I went from the GameCube to Xbox. And then that's why I'm on the Xbox side when it comes to PlayStation. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, just because it's the first. Throw your gamer tag out there, dude, so people oh, yeah. can follow you. <laughs> My gamer tag's Yo Ninja Jones. Yo Ninja uh, Jones. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to follow me, it's it's pretty good. It's Yo Ninja Jones on all platforms. You got a Twitch account? Not yet. Not yeah. yet. Um, yeah, I don't live stream or anything. But yeah, man, I like gaming in my downtime, and I like playing games that allow me to escape reality. Okay. So, and when I say escape, I mean I'm living in a whole nother world. Like, I'm not playing. You dictate on, your actions. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and, and like, I, I kind of write my own story. So, like, I'm not playing, like, shooters and being competitive online. I, I have too much of that in the real world. I'm already being competitive in everyday training right. and stuff. It's like, I want to break from that. So, you know, like, like a game like Dark Souls, okay? So, in a game like Dark Souls, you, you, you create your character and then you just set off on this huge journey. And uh, in this game, the mechanics are very realistic to life in a way. Yeah. You know, it's a super fantasy game. The game, none of, you know, you're not going to fight dragons in real life, right? But what is realistic about the game is, like, the stamina management. You know, like, if you go into a fight and you just, like, unload in the first minute and give it everything you have and then you gas out, like, that's not smart, right? Right. You, you hit and then you move. You know, you do three-piece combo and then you move. Well, in Dark Souls, <laughs> you do very similar things, you know? You got to know when to block, when to hit, when to move. So, like, I get a lot of people that say, oh, like, man, the Dark Souls games are so hard. They're known as being, like, the hardest games around, right? They're hard because people don't know how to play them. Yeah. They go in there and they just mash the buttons and then they deplete the stamina and then they they they're like oh and then they die right right and like i don't know what happened like strategy game, behind yeah, it this dude. game's hard and i can't do it so it's like live timing strategy is why i like it and yeah. what's cool about games like that is even though i'm not like training and this is in my downtime it keeps my brain active on similar things that i need to be doing for my fight career 
So yeah. anyone that says like, oh, video games are a waste of time, video games create violence, all that is nonsense, man. Like every game has a purpose. You yeah. Know, you know how I, you know how I defend that. I managed the video game trading post on Fairview. Oh, that's right, dude. Back in the day. <laughs> Shout out to VGTP. They're, they they died like a decade ago, but I still I still love the owners. Um, but I think that role playing games specifically uh, create a, a a way for us to think differently yeah. and to be able to understand how to make decisions. You know, especially at a young age, Final Fantasy VII was a huge impact in yeah. my gaming life. Yeah, great game. I gamed a lot. I'm a huge RPG guy. So, I mean, sitting behind you is like a huge collection for like Sega CD and oh, wow. 30. I've got like everything, <laughs> dude. You name it, man. I got games. But, uh, but no, I think like, yeah, some people will say video games are a waste of time. But in reality, they, they make you, they force you to think in angles. Yeah. You know, you have to think differently to solve different puzzles Absolutely. for different types of games. I mean, even Resident Evil, yes, you're like, you're like using a shotgun and you're killing things, zombies and whatnot. But yeah, but you're solving puzzles yeah. and you have to remember <laughs> things. And right. you, you, I, I don't know. I'm neuro. I'm like not a neurologist, but when you think about it, thinking differently forces you to solve uh, the same problem different ways. And that creates different neuropathways for development, for understanding and learning. That's how I see yeah. it. Whoa. Absolutely, man. But that I'm not a doctor. A doctor. Is it, yeah, does that sound okay? Yeah. Sounds fine to me. Sound it stupid. sounds right. Somebody like, who's smart is going to be like on the board. They're going to be like, the guy's fucking dude, idiot. Everything you just said. <laughs> is I don't know. So, but that's how this, I back it up. And I don't think I'm an idiot. No. And I've gamed <laughs> my entire life. And I yeah. contribute a lot of the the ways that I think of things and the way that I perceive things, I contribute a lot of it to the games that I played as a kid that were probably more geared towards adults. Right. But it made me grow up pretty quick as far as right. like decision-making skills and like yeah. even like morals and ethics. Like yeah. a lot of video games will teach you that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, obviously, when you're playing Doom, it's not going to teach you like a lot about morals and right, ethics. Right, but right. like RPGs in general, yeah. a lot of them will teach you like what's right and what's wrong right. and they allow you to make that decision true. to go back and forth. You create your own story. Yeah. And yeah, like you were saying, you escape from reality for a little bit. Like right. everybody needs to de decompress. Right. Some people get hammered. Right. Some right. people do drugs. Yeah. I, Some people game. Yeah. They all probably <laughs> triggered the exact same shit in your brain. Yeah. It's right. an all an addiction right, right, right. in a certain way. Yeah. But I like it, man. But I'd rather walk away from a TV screen and be like, oh, okay, back to totally. training than walk into trading with a hangover or yes. something. But <laughs> exactly. dude, like, it's funny you say that about all those connections in the brain because when I was in third grade playing an Ocarina of Time, that's all I could think about that whole year. So it's like, yeah, I'm still learning. I'm learning social studies, doing math, all that stuff. But man, like, I would only go to school so I could go back to play an Ocarina of Time. And I remember sneaking that book the Ocarina of Time book into class, putting it inside my textbook, acting like I was reading my textbook to read that. But Smooth. dude, so that, that game has like a lot of puzzles in it and a lot of adventure, a lot of like story. You know, you're the hero of the story, but um, you know, for, for a third grader, I think I was like eight or nine. 
like dude it was it was, it was perfect for me to be in man. you live an adventure man dude, yeah man and like to this day one that of the kinda, best games ever yeah that set the standard for how i play games for sure day was ocarina of time totally and i still I beat it that. like on the ds yeah yeah i got the ds yeah. version too <laughs> beat it on the 64 beat it on the gamecube yeah, yeah. version hey have you beat master quest um no but i've got it oh, dude, I but beat, i heard it's pretty dope dude master quest go go play it dude, I beat it in 14 hours. i've got so many games behind you right now <laughs> one of these days let's geek out right, i got done. my dreamcast <laughs> that you talked great. about yeah. earlier yeah, yeah I, I got dreamcast <laughs> gamecast no <laughs> you mean dreamcast hey, no gamecast game. bro what is a gamecube game and a dreamcast <laughs> Man, I got a GameCast. I can't afford it. <laughs> I love that. I Malibu's love Most it. Wanted? Is that That's Malibu's Most Wanted? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a great movie. Traffic. <laughs> Looking for my chapstick. <laughs> that movie's classic, man. Classic. But yeah, man, back back to like you know the gaming. I, I totally do it in the downtime, you know? I like as it. As far as consoles right now, I got the PS4 Pro, got the Xbox One X, and I got the Nintendo Switch. got a 3DS, and I got a, an SNES Mini. So I got a pretty good collection. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Know? And... um yeah, thanks thanks to my wife honestly on those <laughs> yeah. but um you know it's good man like uh the next game i want to get into is shadow of the colossus the remake it just came out for ps4 and so it, the remake just came out a couple weeks ago and it's not just a remake like a remastered graphics like they built it from the ground up have you guys played the game i have not uh, i i have shadow of colossus from a ps3 nice yeah so they remade it, it man it. Yeah. yeah i know that. so and i've never played it so i really want to get into that yeah, so it. that's that's the next game i'm looking to play uh, right now i'm doing breath of the wild on the nintendo switch uh, i always uh, dab into dark souls and um you know i just i just feel like video games is a perfect way to escape so i do that and then uh, i'm reading books as well okay so i feel like anything that i can do to rest the body and then stimulate the mind Ooh. you know outside of practice so I like it. you know video games they require timing hand eye coordination you know i'm thinking outside the box just making neural connections i feel it every time i play but then, you know, staring at a TV screen hurts the eyes, you know. So it's good for the brain to make different connections by reading books, too. So what are you reading right now? Chasm City. It's a sci-fi book. What's it about? Um, so I'm on chapter two. <laughs> it's called Chasm City? Chasm City. C-H-A-Z-M? C-H-A-S-I-M. Chasm nice. City. Um, so Earth has left. People have left Earth. They've colonized Uh a different one of the moons around Jupiter or Saturn and um, I just know it's so advanced that there's like nano nanobots like 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 nano cells on a molecular level that control everything with their technology and like their health and everything but then it was they were infected by this virus so it's yeah. literally infecting everything the it's buildings. affecting the nano machines or is it affecting yeah. the human cells it's affecting the nano machines which affect everything because they're the nano machines are in everything yeah and apparently there's some crazy cult religion on this moon too um yeah like i said i'm only on chapter two so it, it just seemed like a great story so i read the back of the book at barnes and noble and i was like i'm gonna read this that's sick <laughs> you know so yeah chasm city i think came i like out sci-fi 2000 i want to say 2007 or 2012 i know that's a huge jump but those two numbers stick in my head for some reason so Nice, man. So you're a gamer, reading books, and like you said, anything to stimulate the mind, rest the body. Yeah. is what you enjoy Absolutely, doing. Yeah. And then Sundays, dope. I rest both. I rest the brain and the body. And, and the soul. I go to church and rest the soul. And yeah. the rest the soul. Yeah, I missed church this last Sunday, though, that my ear infection, man. I woke up, and I was just in so much pain. I had to go to the prime, prim, primary health. Primary health. And, like, you know, I, I could have, like, toughed it out and went to church. 
but I was like, man, my, my wife and my mom are like, just go get yourself taken yeah. care of. You know? Yeah, checked out. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. That's rad, man. It's cool to see, like, outside of fighting, just kind of see what you like to do. And it's it's interesting to hear that because if for anyone who follows, like, fighters or any kind of athlete, they never get to see the behind the scenes. And it's kind of cool to see what you're doing there. Um, and we're going to wrap it up here in just a couple minutes. I just wanted to ask you a few things. Let's get back to your fighting career. Um, yeah. I kind of want to know... If you have any ritual, so for instance, let's say it's the it's the night before a fight. Um, what's the ritual for 24 hours? What's what's your 24 hours before you step in the cage? What does it look like? Um, a lot of resting, rehydration from the weight cut. Okay. Uh, eating clean food, uh, mainly focus on the rehydration. Um, just you know, this last fight, I just hung out with my wife all day, and she was catering to me like, "Oh, you need anything? Oh, yeah, I'll I'll take some of this. I'll take some noodles. <laughs> you give me another gallon of water." You know, <laughs> it's basically just resting, waiting for the fight. You know, okay. Um, definitely not going out doing anything. You know, I'm staying, staying in the house. Uh, you know, I remember one fight. I went to the gym. I, I shadow box for a little bit. I don't even like to do that anymore. You know, pretty much week of the fight, all the training's done. I'm not going to athletically get any better right. than I just did over the last eight to 12 weeks. Um, so now's the time to rest. You know, I want to be as fresh on the Friday that I fight that I am walking in Monday morning after a weekend of rest, you know, and um, it's pretty much, you know, I don't, I don't have a ritual as far as the day of, I mean, a lot of sleeping, uh-huh. I guess, is this considered ritual, what I'm sure. doing? Sure. <laughs> Some people probably, probably don't sleep, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sleeping, um, you know, just, just resting, waiting to fight. Now, when it comes fight time, like I'm backstage, you know, it's it's keeping your mental calm until it's time to turn up, until it's time to turn it on. You know, you don't want to start getting warmed up and stretched out too early. I see a lot of, like, rookies make that mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they just immediately get their hands wrapped, get in their fight gear, get in their gloves, and... You just start moving around, and I'm just like, man, like we, the first fight doesn't start for another 90 minutes, bro. Like, don't get hyped too soon. You know, you gotta learn how to turn that on and off. Yeah. You know, I was really good this last fight. Like, I just remember I was very calm. I didn't even get my hands wrapped until like I was like three fights away. You know, I was sitting there backstage. I was watching all the fights. They had a TV back there for us to watch, so I was watching my teammates win. You know, which was you know it's inspiring. You yeah. see your teammates fight before you and they win. You know, and then when it was like three fights away, I was like, all right, time to wrap my hands. And I was sitting there. I still wasn't even in my fight gear. Got my hands wrapped, you know, changing my fight shorts, you know, start moving around, start, you know, doing just a little bit of pad work. Went out there and fought, man. It, it felt great. So nice, man. Yeah. So one other thing. So in my last boxing match I had, which was now it's been 11 years, surprisingly, this is what I always tell people. They're like, "What the heck? How? Why is this even a? Why did? Why did you listen to this song?" So what? What happened was I was so nervous before the fight. It was for the Bronco Belt. It was for Boise State Boxing Club. So we were fighting at Boise State. It's a pretty big fight actually. We had like a thousand people show up, which is big for an amateur boxing nice. tournament. So, um, anyways, I was re- really nervous, and I ended up getting rocked, which sucked. But I was listening to Michael Jackson because I uh-huh. like usually I would listen to like my Eminem, my Lil John, like all the the hype up music. But I was yeah. so nervous that like Michael Jackson for some reason like calmed you down. Calmed me down. <laughs> and it was the song off of Free Willy. Do you guys know that movie, Free Willy with the yeah. whale? Yeah, I don't was, remember Michael Jackson oh, yeah. singing on it. Oh, yeah, so he, he was he was main the main song. song. Like, yeah. It's the main <laughs> song. It's like I was so young when that came out. It's probably why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> yeah, it was that song. Great. Do you have any songs or any music that you listen to that kind of helps you get in the zone? I don't know how. You know, I used to. 
I used to have music that helps me, but I started to realize that that's a crutch. Okay. Using music is a crutch. What I do now is I fully embrace my surroundings. So when I hear other fighters warming up, hitting pads, I embrace that. When I hear other coaches talking to their fighters, I embrace it. I embrace what I'm about to do. I fully embrace it. I don't try to run from it. I don't try to mentally check out. I, I absorb myself in that moment. You know, just like the sounds of everyone breathing, um, you know, sounds of like hearing the r- people calling like, hey, uh, calling the name of a fighter. Like, you're up next. You know, you're on deck. You're like, boom. And then that feeling it gives you. Like, I just do. You, you're, this is only a moment. So I'm going to embrace this moment. I got all the time in the world to go listen to music after I'm done fighting. Nice. So, you know, I, I used to. But I just... It never felt right when I was listening to music, and I was just like, well, why am I listening to music right now? Like, I, I should totally be focused on what I'm doing. And I just, I took the earbuds out one time at a jiu-jitsu tournament, and I never looked back. I was like, I don't listen to music before I fight. Nice. Yeah. All right. So Different approach. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I every, like it. Everyone's different, yeah. But that is your soundtrack, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Life. <laughs> like, That's your soundtrack. Hippie as this sounds. Life's my soundtrack, man. <laughs> oh, I like it a no, lot, that's man. That's cool. Yeah, I, just, I just fully embrace what you're about to do. You know, I, I trained for this for, for a long time, and I'm not going to run from it. Like, I'm right here. I know? like it. So for the only, sure. The only way to conquer fear is to face it head on. It's the only way. You'll never conquer fear by running away from it. And I feel like a lot of times we run away, not physically, but we check out mentally. mentally. So even though I'm physically here doing this, I've checked out hours ago because I'm so afraid. If if I'm not mentally here looking through my own eyes, I just go deep down inside my own soul, inside my own thoughts. Like it's not really happening, you know? Kind of like you're mentally running, you know? Just just embrace it, man, you know? Um, I could only imagine how soldiers on the battlefield would feel. But, you know, I, it's just, I think that's, that's the difference between being successful and not. It's just like, are you there? Are you present? Yeah. You guys ever game? And when you're fully mentally there, you're just on point. It's like, man, I can't be touched right now. <laughs> like, I'm on point. But yeah. then when you start thinking about other stuff while you're gaming, and it's like, oh, I messed up. And then you, like, restart, and you're only kind of, like, half gaming. Yeah. You know, maybe you should turn it off and go do yeah. something else. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it's like... Just no, just be fully engaged. So. I like it, man. And yeah. Matt, when's your next fight? What, what can we look forward to? Yeah, so I'd say May, May fourth. Uh, that's that's a definite fight that will happen. It's me defending the belt in my hometown. The only reason that will not happen is I get a call to the UFC or I get a call to Bellator or anything else. So, but as far as right now, we're preparing for that. My buddy Josh Wick, he's fighting this Friday for the 155 belt on the same league. And he's going to walk away with a second-round knockout. I'm calling it right now. At CenturyLink Arena. CenturyLink Arena. Friday night. Yeah, what this time? Friday. Uh, fights start at 7. 7 o'clock. You guys should come. Both of you. Okay. Be there. Tickets yeah. start at 20 bucks. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Whatever they <laughs> you are. You don't have to pay for them. Doesn't matter, right? <laughs> Whatever <laughs> the tickets are, they're not expensive, so show up. Yeah. And, and honestly, anyone who's listening to this podcast and just wants to f- experience it, like how I just said, fully embracing that moment, you know, go go get absorbed in the live MMA fights. See what it's about. They're really entertaining. The MMA yeah. scene here in Boise has really grown. And yeah. it's it's cool to watch because, um, like I've I've sat everywhere in that arena to like watch different fights. And whether you're on the floor and the tables right next to the cage, or you're up top, 
it doesn't matter. It's actually really interesting. It's fun to watch the fighters. It's fun to wa- listen to the, the the guys in the corner, listen to the coaches, just kind of like look at everybody's energy. Um, the fans are getting into it. It's actually really legit. And I heard that Pro Edge is actually paying for our tickets this Friday. Right? Oh, maybe. That's cool, dude. So. All right, sweet. My ticket got paid for by Pro Edge. Yeah. We'll get you a ticket. Okay. Totally. See, I'll see you guys there. We'll man. get you a ticket. You're going for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see you then. I don't need a ticket, though. Solid, guys. Well, Matt, I appreciate you joining us, man. Yeah. And, and Anytime, Tim, man. frick, man, thanks for letting us use the studio. Yeah, and great. hopefully we can do it again. Out. Heck yeah. So, totally. And for all the listeners out there, hope you guys enjoy the show. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, again, listen to us on iTunes and any other aggregate that you have, whether it's Android, you're running a Windows phone, or uh, anything else on the Apple phone or iTunes, whatever you guys call it, because I own an Android. But uh, give us five stars again. Give us some love. Give us a like and share this because what goes around comes around. What goes around comes around. Karma. Awesome, man. Thanks again for swinging by. This is Pro Edge Podcast. And uh, we got the Game Time Guru. It's his show. It's sponsored by the Pro Edge Podcast today. It's his show. I love it. (laughs) Awesome, man. Thanks again. Thanks, guys. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.